0: You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature with Nicole Lowe. It is time for the car feature with Nickel Lowe, and we'll be taking your calls on O double one-double eight three oh seven oh two and your SMSs, three one seven oh two your tweets. At Rilebukhile M at Radio 702, using the hashtag 702 Afternoons and the WhatsApp line 072 So you can come and bring through all of your technical car questions for Nicole Lowe, who will help to answer them. Nicole, how are you doing?
1: Are you doing? good in yourself.
0: I am fantastic, and I'm going to be very, very interested in how you respond to the difference between the hybrid cars the plug-in hybrid
1: cars, and electric cars. Yes, I think there's a lot of jargon out there. We all know that the future of automotive motoring seems to be electric now, and uh, it will eventually then go to all electric vehicles, in, in, in a sense that there will be no internal combustion engine in, the, in our modern vehicles anymore. So it will just be a battery pack, and an electric motor and that will be our our mobility right there but there is a gap at the moment because countries like ourselves uh, that need to drive long distances we haven't got the charging infrastructure so we love our internal combustion engines but the the green uh, the green world is coming and we need to move to electric so there's a stop gap and that's why we hear about all this hybrids and plug-in hybrids and so on so I thought we'll just quickly run through the jargon and see if we can clear up some confusion. Mm. After. Uh, in South Africa, we know about hybrids. I think the very first model that was sold here was the Toyota Prius. Yes. Um, the idea was that you combine an internal combustion engine with sort of electric mobility. So the first hybrids, you had a small electric motor, a small battery, but you still had the internal combustion engine. And the idea was that during our like, stop start start driving or maybe braking events, you can actually recoup some energy. So you can charge the battery up by the kinetic energy of the car. Mostly, That's an efficient way of doing it. So when you you touch the brake, uh, rather than just heating up the brake discs and pads, you actually use the electric motor to generate uh, electricity and you store it in the battery. And then when you move off again, you can use that same energy then as electric power. So you've got a sort of a dual uh, drive system in the the vehicle. The problem with a a, a hybrid, a pure hybrid, is that all the energy in the battery must be charged from somewhere. So it either comes from the kinetic energy from the car, which is a good way. I mean, if you're slowing down, you're going down a hill, and maybe it's keeping to the speed limit, you're putting all that energy back in the battery. But the worst bit is if you actually have to convert the, the energy in the fuel, so like in the petrol, uh, run the internal combustion engine and then charge up the battery. That's uh, You've got efficiency losses, we know how expensive fuel is. That's the worst uh, way to, to sort of recoup or get that electric, uh, that battery charge in a hybrid. So what they've done recently, they brought out, not recently, it's a while now, but we're seeing them coming into South Africa now, and they call them plug-in hybrids. P-H-E-V is the, is the acronym they all use. And it's just what it says. It's got a plug. So you can actually charge that electric battery in the vehicle now from the grid. Uh, Well, if we've got power on the grid, that is. Um, But so similar to what you would charge your full electric vehicle, you can now charge the battery in your hybrid, which means that when you start driving, most of the plug-in hybrids have got uh, bigger electric motors, also a bigger battery, not the size of electric uh, car, pure electric car, but much big, bigger than the normal, just a hybrid, which has not got a plug-in uh, a function. And then you can sort of charge your battery from the grid. It's it's cheaper energy first off. And then you can drive uh, sometimes even up to 80, 100 kilometers on battery alone, which is being charged from the grid. So it's an efficient way of doing it, a cheap way of doing it. And then if you need to go further, then the internal combustion engine can kick in as with the normal hybrid. Or if you need full performance, you put your foot flat on the accelerator, yes. it will actually combine the two power trains, electric power train and the internal combustion engine. So engineers are getting very clever with the strategies, how they're going to employ the internal combustion engine and the electric motor to give you the most power if you need it and the most efficiency if you need it. So the idea is with a plug-in hybrid. If you run around the city, uh, you can only run in electric power. The power comes from Madrid. It's a cheap way of motoring. But then, when December holiday comes and you want to visit, if you're Kauteng, you want to visit the coast, um, you can still use the combustion engine, still have a, a normal sort of range. The the problem with the hybrid technology is you can essentially you've got two power trains in one in one vehicle. So it's expensive, number one, because of all the components you have, and then i'm slightly wi- worried about long term uh, ownership regarding all the sensors and all the uh, all everything all the technology that's now in one vehicle, so it's fine if it's under warranty, but when the warranty runs out you 've got dual power uh, trains in one vehicle, but so, as I say, it's basically a stop cap it's a bit of a crutch until we get to full electric vehicles we 've got a decent range we 've got the infrastructure. And we all moved to full electric. But, yeah, I think hybrids, plug-in hybrids in South Africa will have to get used to those terms.
0: All right. And I think um, 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 you've given quite a solid explanation and what you've shared. But, Nicol, I mean, what does this mean? And this is just me. You know, I know it will be you speculating. When do you think the concept of um, gas stations or fueling stations will now become bad business? Because we've all sort of gone electrical. Not to say we don't use petrol for other things, we do. But that concept, when do you think it will start to decline? Is it a 50 years thing, 80 years thing?
1: Well, we know in Europe they're pushing very hard to get rid of internal combustion engines. They're talking about uh, some manufacturers talk 2025, 20, others 2030, and they have had 2035 uh, 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 as well. Um, so then internal combustion engines will not be produced and sold in Europe anymore. So obviously, we're not Europe. We're a long way behind. I think it will take a lot longer for internal combustion engines to sort of uh, disappear from, from our um, our vehicles. But then if you think about the complete car park as such, so how many vehicles are actually running in the world at this stage? Obviously, millions and millions. And how long will it take then for electric vehicles to sort of... Uh, Change, change that car park, and it will take a long time. Because even if all the new vehicles that get sold are electric, we in South Africa we keep cars for a very long time. So I mean, uh, some of our vehicles on our road are over 20 years old and still running. Um, so I've actually spoken to Petronas or Petronas, an oil company, a while mm-hmm. back, and they said they don't see the 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 volume of crude oil that they that they sell decrease um before 2050 even yes so uh, it will still take a long time for uh the the fossil fuel to be phased out i think so even if electric vehicles we all buy electric vehicles still take a very long time but that is the way things are going at this stage
0: yes yes i got you all right let's take a quick break when we come back we take your calls and all of your technical questions for nickel
1: you can have one or the other is not something we at B believe so when faced with a conundrum like commercial success or community success, we say, why not both? In fact, whenever we ask ourselves what the best way is to help our clients thrive, traditional values or innovative ideas, the answer always is, why not both? And diverse talent is how we do it. RMB, traditional values, innovative ideas. B is a division of FirstRand Bank Limited, an authorized FSP and credit provider.
0: Infrastructure South Africa will host an inaugural South African Green Hydrogen Summit, taking place between the 28th and the 30th of November in Cape Town this year. The conversation will discuss how green hydrogen has the potential to enable the linking of South Africa's mineral endowment with its renewable energy endowment to enable the re of the South African economy while simultaneously creating jobs, attracting investment, reconfiguring underdeveloped rural provinces and an Enabling a just transition from fossil fuels. Seven O Two. The Car Feature with Nicole Lowe. and we're chatting to Nicole Low, and we're taking all of your. Technical car questions. Um, give us a call, 011 8830702, and your SMSs, 31702, your tweets, at M, at Radio 702, using the hashtag 702 Afternoons. So let's go to our first caller. We have Cedric in Rosebank. Hi, Cedric. Hi, Ralebahile, how are you? Good, thanks, and you? Good, thank you. I wanted to ask Nico the hybrid technology in some of the hybrid uh, cars
1: today. Is it the same as the Formula One technology where you'll find them racing and harvesting energy when their backlights flash in order to boost their performance when they race? Okay. um, So obviously we're not driving Formula One cars on the road, but the idea is similar that in a road car that's a hybrid, you try to recoup kinetic energy. So when you put your foot on the brake in a hybrid vehicle, they first will try to retard or to slow the vehicle using the electric motors and not the physical brake discs. Uh, The flashing lights, obviously in Formula 1, is for their rules and so on. Uh, With road cars, you have a rule that the brake lights need to come on when you slow down at a certain rate. So even if the electric vehicle or hybrid is using the electric motors to retard the vehicle or to slow it, it, and it slows it faster than a certain rate, then the brake lights need to come on. So it won't be flashing. It will be the normal brake lights that you will see, even though it might not be the mechanical brakes that working. Some of these electrical vehicles, they talk about one-pedal driving, so you're just on an accelerator, and when you lift off an accelerator, it starts to regenerate, or it uses, as I say, it uses electric motors to recoup the energy Uh, and generate electricity and charge the battery and that actually slows the vehicle so you might not even physically touch the brake pedal in one of these electric vehicles but then the brake light should obviously come on to just warn people behind you that this car is slowing down so not the flashing lights that you'll see in Formula One but normal brake lights you will get when uh, you regenerate and you slow the vehicle.
0: All right, thank you so much for that question, Cedric. Uh, let's go through to Joe in Modderfontein. Hi, Joe.
1: Hi there. Good afternoon. Just a quick question. I've got a Land Rover Discovery four, and I've just had it service. I, I religiously service it, uh, but accelerating now on the highway, I have this white smoke coming out the back. I mean, what
0: what could that be?
1: Okay, so if it's just service and it wasn't smoking before the service and now it's smoking after the service, I'll just run it for a bit to make sure that I haven't spilled something on the exhaust system or so on, just to make sure. But if you talk about the color of smoke, uh obviously a diesel uh without a DPF, and that's a Discovery 4, I don't think it's got fitted with a, a diesel particulate filter. So you will get some of uh, black smoke at the exhaust when you accelerate. When it gets to sort of a, a blue tint, it means sort of it, it's uh, it's burning oil as well. So you we see even petrol vehicles as well. When you see that blue uh, tint in the smoke, it actually smells the oil as well. White white is normally water, a water vapor. So um, I hope it's not the case. It shouldn't be. But um, sometimes when you get a head casket that's gone, you get some of the, the co- coolant into the combustion chambers, out the exhaust. That might give you like a white white smoke uh also in a diesel that might give you white smoke is also unburnt fuel so unburnt diesel going through to the exhaust might also give you white smoke but i I don't want to concern you or 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 i I would say just drive it for a bit and monitor it if it's just service maybe there's something that was spoiled that must need to get rid of and then it should be fine again if not then just take it back to the dealership and ask their opinion
0: all right, thank you so much, Joe, for that question. Let's move on to Reggie in Santon. Hi, Reggie. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks, and you? I'm very well, thanks. I've got a handy
1: Atos 1.1. I was welding some, some, uh, something using the arc welding machine, and then afterwards the, the, the computer box uh, was destroyed a little bit, so I took it for repairs. They repaired it, but the car won't start anymore. I don't understand what could be the problem. We checked all the fuse, all the relays are okay, but it doesn't want to spark on the engine. I don't understand
0: why. Uh,
1: sorry, can you just repeat, was the computer box of the vehicle, the ECU damaged in an accident, or what happened to it? No, it, we were using the arc welding machine. You know the arc welding machine oh, on, arc welding. on Oh, Okay, yes. so maybe a voltage spot. Voltage yeah, and did yes. you replace the ECU or just repair it? Yes, they just to repair it, but when you put it back on, the car will still will It, it, it cranks, but it won't start. Yes. Okay. So there's a couple of things. I think the auto electrician will also be able to help you out. But just a couple of things. So, with a with a vehicle to be able to start. Um, you need uh, the ECU, the engine control unit, to communicate with the cluster and normally also the body control. So there's all these electric units or computer units in the mm. car that need to communicate to each other. They, they need to share the codes as well with each other. So they talk about the automotive term of marrying the ECU. So it's, it's possible that obviously there was a voltage spike. It damaged something in the ECU. I don't know who repaired it and if it was cleared completely and, and then all the software was loaded again. It's possible that even if that ECU is perfectly repaired, that it lost its pairing with the other modules so that it's basically immobilized. So when you try to crank it, mm-hmm. maybe the ECU says, no, no, it's, I'm immobilized. I don't know who the other modules are. Um, so oh. you, need to know, you need to know that the pairing has happened between the modules. Um, it all depends on what went wrong as well and what was, what was fixed in the ECU. So that's why you can't oh. just change the engine control unit, uh, unit from one vehicle to the others because they won't communicate to the other modules in the car, and it will say, no, no, I won't start. But, I mean, for a non oh. all, you need to see is the engine cranking. If it's cranking, is it, is it getting fuel? Um, if it's getting fuel, check that it's getting spark. Normally, a will cut either fuel or spark or both, and normally it should also yes. not allow the engine to crank. So if the engine is cranking, so it's it's spinning but it's not firing, then check for fuel mm. and check for spark because those are the next things that will prevent it from starting. All right? Mm. Yeah. The, the fuel comes on, but then it doesn't spark. But I will, I will get the mechanic to check it some more. It all right. Oh, all, okay. But the fuel is coming on. Okay.
0: Thanks, Thank Reggie and Santin and Poh, in Northcliffe. Hi.
1: Hi. Uh... Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Nicole, no uh, problem. Nicole, Nicole, years Listen, the diesel cars you can't find them in Europe anymore. Um, how long do you think are gonna be around within the South African context? Because, like, um, yeah, even your 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 diesel lover like a, a Volvo, you can't find it in a diesel in Europe anymore. And um, and you know they make amazing cars with uh, with Toyota itself. So what's your estimate, do you think, will we'll, we'll we'll turn
0: that around in South Africa? Thanks. I'll listen the radio. Thank you so much.
1: No, I'm bad with names as well, so no issue
0: there.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> same, re- same.
0: Regarding,
1: <laughs> regarding diesel, in, uh, diesel internal, so obviously internal combustion engines will be out uh, 2030, say, in Europe. Diesel, unfortunately, got a very bad rap with the VW scandal, diesel gate as such. If you Google that, you'll find out. Obviously, they cheated with the emission standards, and it was caught in the U.S., and there was a big lawsuit, and it, it damaged the reputation of diesel globally. And uh, diesel also is quite bad for the environment as well, if it's not uh, with the correct after-treatment system in the exhaust. I must say, going forward, um, I think it's a more a political thing because with engineering now, they can actually clean up a diesel exhaust to be as clean as a as a petrol or gasoline exhaust. So I think it's more political at this stage, but a lot of uh, passenger car manufacturers have moved away from diesel completely. You mentioned Volvo. It's true. Volvo's got no diesel engines anymore. The is moving the same direction with passenger cars. We'll see diesel in commercial vehicles, I think, still for a very long time. Diesel, obviously, more efficient than petrol, uh, better on on fuel mileage and so on. And obviously, with trucks, buckies, we'll still see diesel engines for a long time. But I think in your passenger vehicles, we still see the Germans uh, bring out diesel engines in their vehicles. I've got a feeling we'll probably get – we'll still have diesel engines there until the end of internal combustion engines. But a lot of manufacturers have decided – since diesel got, since the bad rap. they've got, uh, diesel got from uh, pollution and so on, they're going to stop producing uh, passing diesel engines for passenger vehicles. So it will, it will differ from manufacturer to manufacturer.
0: We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much, Nicolo. We'll see you the next time we're together on the car feature.